Welcome, and thank you for joining the Society for Clinical Research Sites for SCRS Talks. I'm Jimmy Bechtel, the Vice President of Site Engagement with the Society. SCRS Talks allows our partners and those that we work closely with to take a few minutes to address issues of industry concern, share exciting achievements, and learn more about our community. Today, we have Dan Braga, the Vice President of Product Management, Imaging, and EHR Solutions with Metadata, a Dassault Systems company. We're here to talk about EHR and EDC, the new concept around how data from our EHRs, our electronic health records, gets into our EDC systems, electronic data captures that are commonly used on clinical trials. Dan, thanks for being here with us today. Really excited to have this very modern and timely conversation with you. If you wouldn't mind, we'd love to learn a little bit about you and your background. Sounds great. Thank you very much for having me. I'm really excited to be with you and to talk to um, everyone about this exciting topic. So again, my name is Dan Braga. I oversee our EHR solutions and kind of anything really healthcare data interoperability uh, wise at, at Medidata. And that means a lot of different things to people, but really all about bridging the gaps in access to data. Um, in this case, what we're talking about today, EHR solutions, um, historically, a lot of work around medical imaging, but just bringing together a lot of different data sources so that they can be consumed and leveraged and used in the clinical research space. I came to Medidata as part of an acquisition of a medical imaging company focused on just that back in 2016, uh, but I've spent my whole career in healthcare technology. So excited to be here today. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Dan. We're uh, excited to, again, have this conversation. So I want to start uh, out a little bit around defining what we're here to talk about today. So can you, in your words, being an, an expert in this space, uh, talk a little bit about what EHR and EDC mean to you, really defining these and the processes that surround them for our listeners? Yeah, sounds great. So, so EHR to EDC means a lot of different things to different people. Um, it's, it's really about, at the end of the day, reducing data entry for sites um, where they're, to this day, entering data into an EDC that already exists somewhere else. Um, so if you rewind, you know, 20 years ago and, you know, EDCs are, are on the rise and then fast forward to today, it's still being done the same way. And sites are more and more increasingly um, getting frustrated with that. Why am I logging into an EDC to manually enter, you know, lab values or whatever it is, you know, vital signs, medications, when that data already exists in structured electronic format somewhere else? Um, so there's a lot of, you know, a lot of activities and a lot of organizations that are focused on today trying to solve that problem. How do we take data that's in an EHR and get it over to an EDC and in the right place at the right time in the right format to reduce that burden on sites and also reduce the you know monitoring burden that's placed on on sponsors and and, and CROs um, if you can show that data came over in a you know electronic structured fashion, it can contribute to a reduction in monitoring activities that may have to, to happen. So again, it's really about that data entry and, and really focused on sites and, and reducing activities that, you know, they've been doing for the last 20 plus years the exact same way. Absolutely. 
Dan, I, I mean, EDC, like you said, has been around for a long time. So this concept of of data entry into the EDC from a source that's also electronic, EHR, uh, kind of makes a lot of sense. But I, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit about the roadblocks here and the challenges that exist around bringing data from one place to the other. But it seems like a really logical place for us to move as an industry um, when you're talking to electronic. I mean, they both start with E for electronic, right? Sources of patient information and patient data as far as what that source um, what that source is and why not have the EHR at a given um, research site be the source for that data. So thanks for helping us define a little bit about a little bit of, of what that is. But I also want to talk about who the value is perceived or received by really for when an EHR to EDC solution is in place or I guess really who benefits when these types of solutions are uh, are in place. Yeah, that's really the ultimate question. You know, thanks for that. I think it it really benefits everybody. Um, but there's there's two primary you know kind of stakeholders in this process that people are thinking about. Um, first are the you know and, and for for this audience are the sites. You know, we we want to make sure that sites can participate in clinical trials in the simplest, easiest, most scalable, and reliable manner possible. If you're manually entering data that already exists somewhere else, you can imagine the frustrations and the, you know, the amount of errors that can potentially come from that. Looking up one value in your EHR, swivel chair back to your uh, EDC, type that in, and then leave again to go look up the next value. Nobody's going to look up 15 values, memorizing that and coming back and typing that in. So there's a lot of back and forth, you know, that that's going on. So. EHR to EDC solutions should be focused on eliminating that. But they also eliminate the data entry. So when you type in something, you know, does 1.8 become 18? Um, it's a basic example, but it's one that that happens um, quite often. So first and foremost, the sites, the site user experience um, is and should be top of mind for these EHR to EDC solutions. But the second kind of stakeholder that it benefits the most are the, the sponsors and the CROs that are participating in monitoring activities. Um, if you can show that something came in, you know, in this electronic fashion um, from this e-source um, solution, remained in that structure, you have the ultimate traceability into how that data got onto your platform, what format it was in, um, what means were used to actually move it from point A to point B and all that. If you have that traceability and the insights into that data, there is significant, um, there can be a significant reduction in your monitoring activities for the data. And everybody treats that a little bit differently. Some say, hey, I don't want to do it at all. Some say, hey, might reduce it by X percentage. But at the end of the day, you know, getting the data moved over in a structured electronic fashion um, is is and can be very beneficial to the sponsors and CROs from a monitoring perspective. So that's really it. Those are the two big ones. When we talk to you know, everybody in the industry, that's this, that's the big focus. We reduce site data entry, reduce monitoring activities. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. I really do think those are the um, two most beneficial parties that uh, reduce the burden there. And I appreciate the emphasis on the site side of things uh, and how you know, well, having not having to do duplicate data entry or, or manually input and pull data from one source that's electronic and put it into another. 
is definitely the direction we should continue to head as an industry as long as we can uh, and, and do that right, which is what I want to talk about next. Uh, you know, why hasn't this been solved yet? And what obstacles has the industry ran into over the years that have prevented us from fully embracing solutions that enable um, ready and reliable data movement from one electronic source to the other? Yeah, lots of obstacles. Um, you know, where technology continues to advance and so do protocols and standards and, you know, methodologies for solving um, certain problems. But at the end of the day, scalability has historically been the, the biggest obstacle. Um, to get one site set up to do, you know, EHR to EDC, you know, took an act to Congress, you know, it took a lot of time to do that, which you can imagine would scare away a sponsor from um, having to do that for a trial that may have 100 sites or 200 sites and so on. Um, so sponsors have been reluctant to, to jump in just knowing that the adoption rates are still slow and the amount of work, you know, in the past that was needed to to get a single site implemented was was you know fairly substantial. And the second obstacle, and a lot of these that you know kind of intertwine with each other, but just different technologies. You know, one one hospital may solely speak you know HL seven, another one CDA, you know documents. The next one is you know adopting the fire standard. Um, so the varying levels of of technologies and and capabilities available at each site. Um, have again kind of contributed to that scalability problem. Um, there are some costs involved for sites to implement technologies like this, um, time that's involved in doing so. Another one that I think is fairly big is, is data mapping activities. Um, taking the data that comes out of an EHR and mapping it to where it needs to go um, in the EDC. We'll speak more about that um, in a second, but uh, the those activities can you know, can add a lot of time. You know, nobody wants to spend every single trial to spend, you know, a significant amount of time, you know, on the on the mapping. Um, and then lastly, I'd just say, I think a lot of the approaches have really focused on moving data from um, EHR to EDC and getting it directly into the EDC, where what we hear loud and clear from sites is they still want to be in control. They want something to facilitate that, not necessarily completely automate that. So they want a, a tool to, you know, help me get the data, you know, for, out of my EHR and into the EDC with, you know, clicking, you know, um, for an example, rather than something that just does it and I don't get to be in control of how that moves over. There have been various studies and kind of exercises done by different groups that have shown when it's completely automated, the amount of errors is just you know, far greater than, you know, manual data entry in general. It's, um, you know, getting potassium aligned with potassium is one thing, but the right potassium value from the right date, you know, if different lab values exist, just using that as an example, has historically proven to be the tricky part. Um, so again, um, the scale, all this kind of speaks to scalability though. If, if it's gonna take this much work to get one site done, imagine what it's gonna take to do a hundred sites. 
Thanks, Dan. I, I imagine that a lot of our listeners and those in the industry probably don't appreciate the nuance that goes into this. It's one of those things that until you actually start talking about it and and listening and exploring the different problems, you don't realize the gravity and the breadth of challenges that you must overcome to be able to do this um, because these systems inherently were not designed ever to really talk to each other. They were designed as independent solutions for very different purposes. Um, so I think there is definitely a, a path here, as you had mentioned, but a lot of challenges for us to to overcome uh, to be able to, to to make this happen. So what do you think really needs to be done differently here? Where can we start, I guess, to solve some of these challenges and work towards some of those efficiencies that you had uh, mentioned previously? Yeah, I think the, the first thing is, is I think we all need to agree that sites need to be in control of what's you know, moving over from the EHR to the EDC. The thought of, you know, completely automated solutions and, and methodologies for solving this, uh, we don't feel are the, is the winning, you know, method. We, we feel like more facilitation and, you know, tools, um, you know, kind of data entry, you know, um, automation tools for, for sites is the right way to look at this. How can we make it easier for sites to get data from the left to the right, you know, from their uh, EHR and into the EDC, but they wanna be in control of that. Nobody wants data to go into an EDC that their eyes were not on first. So I think that's kind of the the, the first step and kind of tied to that, you know, what, what do I think needs to be done differently is um, we really gotta focus on the user experience. What does it look like? What does it feel like? How does it operate? What's the experience like for a site user? Um, nobody wants to use something that complicates, you know, their life. Um, there's, you know, been approaches in the past that, you know, yes, it eliminated data entry, but you know, the number of logins, clicks, and screens, and pop-ups, and and other things that needed to be done were just too substantial. And sites looked at it and said, it, it's just easier for me to type in these numbers. Um, than to do all of this. Because um, at that point, the value was going in the direction of reducing monitoring. Um, it's gotta be a win-win for everybody. Sites are gonna use this and sites are gonna push for this when their experience is top-notch. You know, when it's completely buttoned up for them, um, easy to use, doesn't matter what EHR they have. Um, it's just, hey, for every single form that pops up, I have this tool available to me to help facilitate getting it filled out. So we're, we're, our thought process is almost like less about, you know, EHR to EDC and more about kind of a more holistic and, and broader like data entry automation approach. Um, Cause there's other things, you know, with EHR to EDC being a component of that, but um, it's gotta be a tool that just has a great experience for the sites. Absolutely, Dan. Thank you. I think the uh, point that I want to take away and emphasize from what you had just said was how important it is for this to be user friendly and for something that the sites can find value in. If we, you know, take away one thing, as you had mentioned, and yet add burden in another space, it still doesn't make it usable for the sites and an organization like metadata and several others out there that might be trying to address or tackle this problem or others that are in that site efficiency category, put quotes around that, uh, we uh, 
we start to see that you can spend all this money and all this time and energy on a solution. And if it doesn't work for the sites, they're just going to end up doing something else. So it, it becomes exactly. a waste of money at that point. So I think it's really important for us to bring the sites into the conversation and patience as applicable. I realize it doesn't necessarily apply here, but there are other solutions like this, as I had mentioned, where bringing sites and patients into the conversations as these are being developed for that usability feedback and questions that can really save a lot of time and, and money in the end, and then be something that ultimately the sites embrace and want to use. So I, I value and appreciate that point um, very much. Yeah, I, yeah. Thank you for that. I, you know, we're, big fans of exactly that bringing in you know at the help of your organization as well bringing in sites so that we can you know bounce ideas off of and share kind of perspectives and so on so we thank you for that but also with patients you know metadata as a whole is a you know big big fan and and driver of these you know patient advocacy boards and bringing in patients to get their perspectives on everything that we do so um totally agree so Dan, how do solutions like this scale? What does that look like and and how does it happen? And 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 I guess what what does good look like? Why was it done well? <clears throat> yeah, I mean scalability's always been the the largest, you know, obstacle in this. Um and it's something that we're focused on now and always will be focused on. But I, I think the What's going to help drive this forward is a few things. Um, first and foremost, it needs to be a multi-pronged approach. And what I mean by that is how we connect to a hospital or how we connect to hospital A is going to be different, perhaps, than how we connect to hospital B or hospital C and so on. So you need to have flexibility in terms of how you're connecting to the different organizations that are other. Sure, it's easy to say, hey, we're going to use the fire standard. We're just going to connect to each site. But in, you know, in reality, that's going to take way too much time and, and um, you're not going to scale. And back to what I said earlier in the conversation, sponsors just aren't going to use the technology if they look at it and say, well, only two out of 20 or two out of 100 or whatever the number is sites are actually using it. Um, so with that, we want to and believe strongly in leveraging, you know, HIEs and other organizations that are already connected to sites. Why create a hundred spokes? Just using that number as an example, when we can create one connection to a hub that already has, you know, those spokes. So we're big fans and big believers in leveraging, you know, HIEs and and other. You know, kind of site connectivity networks that are already existing in the industry to kind of help jump over that obstacle. Sure, there's going to be sites we still need to connect to directly, whether that be they're not part of any of these HAEs or that's just the choice that they want to make. Um, they, hey, we want you to do this direct fire connection with us, you know, for whatever reasons. And great, multi-pronged approach is, it has to be there um, for this to work. If you want something to operate um, at, at scale. Um, so again, that's that's what I think is different now. Doing that is um, a little bit easier. There's there's some things in place and and um, some some uh, yeah, other technologies and kind of standards that are in place that make that easier today than it you know than than it has been historically. You know, in the past, using HL7 for example wasn't very scalable. 
very difficult to set up one site connection, you know, all the work and, you know, establishing the connections, setting up all the parameters, setting up VPNs if those were needed, you know, was was very difficult. So there's things that are available today that that are um, make that story much different. Well, it sounds like we're moving as an industry, I guess, as a medical industry uh, in the right direction, which is good to hear. Baby steps. It sounds like there's a lot of a lot of hurdles to overcome uh, because I, I, I couldn't agree more. Anyone that's in this industry recognizes just as sites are so different and there's so many different solutions and processes at individual sites. Uh, there's even more so at, at different uh, large institutions when we look at the clinical, the medical side of things and, you know, comparing and contrasting EDC and EHR uh, to that. So it's it's good to hear you. The ones that are that have both, I think, probably have a leg up. Uh, there's more robust systems as far as EHRs go that are out there than others. So it's uh, it's an interesting path that we are on as an industry, but it's encouraging to hear that we're at least moving in the right direction with this, uh, albeit um, maybe slower than some of us would would like to see. But uh, Dan, you know, why now? What gets metadata really excited about solving this unique challenge? Yeah, I think that's the, you know, that's the ultimate question and one that we've been asked for many years. Why aren't you guys doing anything about this? You know, there's other companies that are, you know, trying in various ways to to solve this problem. What's, you know, you being the EDC leader in the industry, what why, why aren't you trying anything? And to be honest with you, we just didn't feel confident in the technology standards and you know, um, methodologies that were available to us, but we do now. Um, so a fire is gaining, you know, momentum, not that fire is the answer to everything, um, back to my multi-pronged, you know, comment, um, previously, but it is something that, you know, does make a lot of this, um, you know, easier. I'm not saying it's easy, but easier than it, you know, historically has been. And that kind of you know, allows you to scale a lot faster. Um, technology companies that, that automate and facilitate, you know, um, connections and and uh, the ability to, uh, you know, exchange data with sites that don't use Fire um, are much more prominent today um, than they were historically. Um, the 21st Century Cures Act, I think, albeit not directly related, but at least it's opening the eyes to healthcare institutions in terms of how they share and exchange um, data. So that's a kind of a recent advancement that, that wasn't here um, years back. Um, and then finally, I think there's, you know, HIE participation is a lot stronger, you know, than it has been in the past. You know, there's there's groups that we can, you know, create a single connection to that, you know, may open our ability to exchange data with hundreds of, of hospitals that um, historically you would have had to one at a time, you know, create a connection to. So I think all of that makes us really excited and is, you know, definitely part of the offerings that we're putting together in this space and and have out there. All of that's kind of, you know, been the foundation to, to what we've built. But, you know, to answer your question, those are the things that get us really excited. Like, you know, why just within the last, you know, 12 months, we've decided to really, really push and accelerate Um in this space that, you know, others have been, you know, trying to solve, you know, over the years. So um, really excited about the future and the direction that that these kind of foundational items take us. 
Thanks, Dan. I think it's a really good place for us to end our conversation here around this concept. It sounds like, uh, you know, the the right things came in at the right time. And just like any other technological advancement or uh, or, or new software or program, uh, the right pieces just needed to be in place for someone to be able to embrace this and, and jump on it. So it's encouraging to hear the direction that we're headed with this. It's something that we've talked about for a long time with a big question mark. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what the next 12 uh, 12 months, years uh, have in store for EHR to EDC type solutions. So thank you for being here with us today, for sharing your insights on this topic. I hope it gets a lot of individuals excited for the future. Uh, and with that, uh, again, thank you for being here with us. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. As, as you can see, this is a topic we're super excited about and and really excited to kind of bring to the industry. So we're, we're, we're all about the experience provided to sites and really excited to work with you and, and uh, the broader SCRS community on, on seeing this come to life. So thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely, absolutely. Thanks again, Dan. For all our listeners, make sure that you register for upcoming summits being held throughout the year by visiting our summit page on our website, myscrs.org. While you're on our website, I want to make sure that you also take some time to check out our other SCRS publications that we make for our community in the publications of that same publication section of that same website. We appreciate everyone's participation in today's program and look forward to having you join us for more great content coming out very soon. Thanks for listening.